sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you stop. like. Well, stop! Just for Ben! Oh! Oh! I mean, that sort of stuff, we're, it, it's been, we're, be, we're bigger than that. That interview is just like the performance, flat. No. What, what do you want him to do? Just fall at Gabriel's feet crying? I mean, well, he's... Say something. We, we were doing what we'd done for 20 years, relaxing a nervous studio guest in the same way that you would in, in these conditions, um, and thought no more of it. Fire it up, fire it up. When we finally turn it over Right, you're very welcome along to the... Am I on mic there? Yeah. yeah. Very welcome along to the Friday Football Podcast. Alongside me today, as always, Dave McIntyre. Afternoon, Dave. Hello, Adrian. Jerry Keller in the studio as well. How are you doing? This is a unique experience. Jerry's actually here and is here from the very start. Oh, right? shut up with this. What you... Oh, that's the end of it now. As Dave would say, you ride one sheep. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get tired for having ridden a lot of sheep. Is that the... And is they that, call you is that, a. Is that what we're doing here? Yep. Uh, very good. Listen, let's get straight into it. Uh, first of all, um, obviously, we're going to look ahead to the biggest game of the weekend shortly, uh, the League Cup final. But uh, before we do all that, the Premier League uh, tomorrow afternoon. Um, hard to figure out which one is the biggest game here, but we're going to start with Stoke Arsenal. And let's reference, I suppose, last week where we'd mentioned about Arsenal's fragility and how we were all really unsure if Arsenal were going to see this one out. Glad no one's keeping a record of what we said. I think I said Arsenal were going to win, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I th- I'm fairly sure. Did we not all say that Arsenal were going to win? I we suggested. Definitely, we de- I, I, think I may have said Sunderland might get a point. I think I, I, think I predicted it. <laughs> you did say draw. There you go. Yeah. I predicted a, a whopping 4 0 win for Arsenal. I, I'm just, I'm good like that, you know. And it ended 4 1. Oh, well, it's a balls. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> um, yeah, look, we were all very concerned about Arsenal's fragility and the fact that, uh, well, they were coming a bit unstuck. And then they didn't end up start started without Ozil at the weekend. I think and Giroud was back. Is Ozil likely to be arrested again? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about his participation potential this le- weekend. It was called a dead leg last week. Yeah. He did need a week out of the limelight. Taking him out for a second week this close to the end of the season. Having well, spent you that know, much money you on know him. he's going to play for Germany midweek, which is uh, you know. So take him out now. Don't play him. Uh, if you in don't play him here, he's going to play in the Germany game. And if you do play him, then he's going to play and play and play again. So yeah, but Plus, it's, these games are so big. This is the biggest game of Arsenal season right now. Sure, but if they win ten games in a row because Mesut Ozil's had two weeks off and rested properly for those two, well, weeks. do you play him in the cup next week, or do you give him that week off? I probably would actually, you know. So give him that week off. It's Stoke Arsenal, by the way. I don't know if we've mentioned that. I should say as well that Laurent Koscielny has spoken out today, uh, this week, in favour of Ozil and what an amazing player he is and everybody should stop giving him such a hard time just because he hasn't been the player we kind of think that he should have been. I agree with Koscielny. No, he does say that his main point uh, is in relation to Ozil's efficiency uh, for Arsenal in front of goal particularly. I guess it really depends on what your um, interpretation of efficiency is. But Arsenal, at uh, this point of the season, 27 games in, have scored 52 goals. 27 games in last season, they'd scored 52 goals. So it's hard to say that he's having a massive impact in terms of Arsenal's efficiency. Ah, lies down, lies in statistics. I don't know, that's, that's pretty clear. Created, he's saying they're more efficient in front of goal. He's created more chances per minute than any other player in the Premier League. He may be having a big impact, but Arsenal aren't any more efficient in front of goal. No, than they were that may not be his fault. That's I'm not thing. saying it is. I'm just saying he's saying. Uh, You're saying he's not point. having a big impact. Cause, no, Koscielny is saying that Arsenal are much more efficient in front of goal with Ozil. Didn't he say he's not it's having a big Giroud that big could impact? be providing the background to your I hate to throw your own words back at you. <laughs> 
let's forget that ever happened. <laughs> it's at the back that Arsenal are much improved. They've kept 12 clean sheets this season and along with uh, Chelsea, that's more than any other team in the, in the Premier League. Also, is 52 goals in 27 games quite good and, and have, you know, what was the order teams in the top six versus teams in the top six last season? And, and and the schedule of games obviously as well. Look, I'm not I'm not saying that Arsenal are that he's making Arsenal less efficient or more efficient. I'm just saying they're the same efficiency that they were last season. Well, they've scored the same amount of goals. They may well be more efficient. Well, so then it depends on what your definition of efficiency is. Exactly, but chances per game. I think that in the long run, Mesedoz is going to be a very good signing for Arsenal, and in the short term, he's been brilliant and awful in a couple of games. Mm. That is going to balance itself out. I would rest him take him out of the firing line for a couple of weeks and then bring him back bang ready to go what about this game Are the they... record at the Britannia Stadium is mixed but again a lot of Premier League teams have left the Britannia Stadium with either point or nothing over the last five or six seasons I think the way Arsenal played against Sunderland is a real boost for them because they needed a big win they almost needed just to send a signal a reminder that you know we're actually still here we're still in the title race no matter what happens and they are now real genuine title contenders the story of the game that I heard from a Sunderland fan who was at it was that it should have been 10 or mm. and 6, they played beautifully. six by half time but that old trying to walk the ball into the net well, they managed to walk it in lack, four times sounds like a lack of efficiency to me could well be I would suggest that that won't work against Stoke and Stoke also are not playing in a cup final next week and so won't be distracted by that so this is going to be a tight game I still think that Arsenal are going to nick it but just Stoke haven't won in seven games despite they do flatter to deceive from time to time they haven't won since they beat Manchester United and obviously that was a huge result at both ends of the table but I don't think they're playing well enough against an Arsenal team that are maybe just starting to click again I didn't think they'd win last weekend which is obviously pretty stupid now so I'm going to back them to go to the Britannia on a windy blustery Saturday afternoon get the job done Isn't that pretty much every Saturday afternoon from what you told us before at the Britannia? <laughs> yes um, the, uh, Sundays mainly Stoke chairman has uh, come out this week as well which must be really uh, to the relief of uh, Ryan Shawcross to again stoke up the Ryan Shawcross has broken Aaron Ramsey's leg four years ago four years ago to the week I think or thereabouts no way Ramsey's not playing so it doesn't yeah. matter yeah. but I'd imagine from a player's point of view the last thing you need to be doing is picking up the newspaper and seeing your chairman jumping to your defence I'd imagine that goes down well in the dressing room um, but yeah look I imagine um, Arsenal you spoke about their, their um, defensive qualities Dave as well but uh, Gibbs out again this week and possibly Monreal too which may not actually be the worst thing uh, for them if Monreal is actually missing this game. I don't think Monreal is as bad as he showed against uh, Munich. The difficulty is you get pitched into that game and Munich are brilliant. Yeah. You know, versus Stoke where he's up against their mighty wingers. Not quite the same challenge. Who do they play at full back? Does Jenkinson start on the left? He's played a little bit of football in that position this season. Can Vermaelen not be... play left yeah, back? Yeah, Vermaelen could go in there, yeah. Um, but again, out of position. He's a defender. Use your brains. Mm. You would think. Yeah. Doesn't always work like Paolo that. Paolo Maldini managed to switch between centre back and Yeah, because that's the same. They switched a <laughs> right footed player who I can't think of his name uh, in their. Uh, in the Sunderland game, which obviously isn't ideal either. Um, look, at, I think we're all going for. Uh, you, you seem to be a bit more tentative about it. I'm kind of thinking there. No, I think they'll win the game. Handy enough here. Second half they're liable, liable to let you down. Half time draw, Arsenal win. That's I wouldn't have them in my accumulator, but I think they'll win. Fulham-Chelsea, it's another one of the uh, three o'clock starts on Saturday. Chelsea, we feel really... 4-0. Uh, really <laughs> West London derby, lads. Yeah. Well, also, Ger's not taking into account the fact that uh, Chelsea didn't get back to London until four o'clock the other night after their uh, Champions tired. League. Embarrassment. 
Yeah, their record post league of the post Champions League of the uh, English clubs over the last number of years has been appalling, mm-hmm. even against crap teams like Fulham. But uh, if you were only getting back at four o'clock from Istanbul on the Thursday, and someone said to you, "Look, we you have that's how late you're going to be. What team do you want to play on Sunday?" Fulham. Ragwan on the weekend. Give us Fulham. So. There you go. New new manager for you, for He's going to have an impact? No. <laughs> I tell you, right. We well, they did about, pick up a point against West Brom. We spoke about Felix last week and about the fact that he was going to run the arse off his players. Stefan Anshaw this week uh, was talking about him. He's obviously the former Liverpool player. Uh, and he worked with Magath at Hamburg. And uh, a direct quote here, but to call him Saddam Hussein is a bit strong. I mean, I think any time Saddam Hussein comes into the comparison with Saddam Hussein comes into the conversation. Uh, Havard Flo, I won't use the word dictator. <laughs> As he uses the word dictator. He kind of looks like an, like Saddam Hussein might have looked if he'd lasted long enough to enter his 60s. I'm sure Saddam Hussein was over 60. Was, so he, was he? Yeah. I'm sure he was probably over 70. I think we got a good, a fair idea of what Saddam would look like in m- mid to old age. <laughs> <laughs> Dave thinks he would have... An, blossomed. An, an elderly, an elderly I think he would have blossomed. Would have had a, oh, he settled down into a handsome character. He just, never, reached, he just never got the breaks. He reached death spot rock bottom and he was just about to turn into a whole different character. Yeah, he was about to re- reinvent himself. Um, I think even with uh, Saddam at the helm, Fulham not looking, not looking as if... I mean, they were 1-0 up for long tracks against West Brom obviously the other day and then all of a sudden West Brom uh, draw the game. I think they're one of those teams that look likely to go down. Um, just in terms of what Chelsea are doing... Uh, that edge we kind of spoke about Arsenal as well it's hard to know that Chelsea have that same edge that they had when uh, Terry, Lampard, Drogba were all in their prime in that um, no, they four definitely, or five they definitely but don't they're missing that, that aren't they they're missing that sort of a bit of a bastard about them aren't they um, yeah absolutely but I don't think that you can get it in your first season back for Mourinho mm. without having bought that type of player and Mourinho's bought players who are on the way up in their career arc as opposed to already at the very peak of it so I would expect that to emerge there was a was it Graham or Pat Nevin who said that they had a week off and Mourinho worked exclusively on the defence for that week and since then they've got the best defensive records in the Premier League right. um, notwithstanding the awful goal they conceded from the corner midweek against Galatasaray yet uh, that, uh, that hard edge it has to emerge like a, you know this first season when Mourinho started they started brilliantly and, and that was I don't know if that squad was actually better at that point than this one is in its development given how old Lampard and Terry are but uh, I can see it coming back when Well when you lose Drogba he was such a massive part of that edge that we're talking about even on Wednesday you still saw what he's capable of like he's just He's a legend, Didier Drogba, as much as I used to hate him when I was younger when he first arrived at Chelsea. Mm. So, I mean, you can't really replace that. But the manner in which they beat Everton and just stuck at it and beat them in the 93rd minute, that must have done a huge amount for them as well. Particularly some of the younger players in the squad, guys like Willian and Eden Hazard, Oscar, they will see results like that as just sort of the, the, the coming together of this team in this season. It's their team. It's becoming their team yeah. as you get those results. And this I don't all, see them dropping points against Fulham. This all sounds like as if we're saying that despite scoffing at Jose, certainly I was over the last while for saying Chelsea aren't title contenders, that he might actually be right. That this is part of a greater plan and that Chelsea just don't have that edge this season to achieve, obviously unless all the others come back towards them. You see, the thing is that nobody would be title contenders if Man City had got their shit together. Mm. That if Aguero had been fit for the entire season, scoring goals at the rate that Aguero scores goals at when he's fit, they would be now 10 points clear. If they hadn't been beaten at Cardiff Hull and Aston Villa, yeah, they would be 10 points clear. But they aren't. And he wasn't fit. 
and we are where we are. But so Jose right the point is that they are title contenders because... Of course. There's, uh, well, they're top of the table. Like this, We have this title contender discussion about so many teams, including Liverpool, Chelsea and Arsenal. Manchester City seem to be the only team that everybody out there believes genuine title well, that's contenders. That's changed in the last There's few four weeks, points between the four of them. I think that's changed in the last few weeks. I've definitely changed my mind on that. I thought for a long time... City are going to win this thing and they're going to win it at a canter and then all of a sudden you see well without Aguero particularly and I guess he's coming back in the next couple of weeks Fernandinho's been back in the last little while as well also very important in fairness his injury has coincided with the, that blip in form mm. um, just when you thought that they were getting their way for him together like um, I've no idea who's going to win the Premier League I don't, wouldn't even know where to start. It's as close as it's ever been with 11 games left, four points across four teams and if any one of the four of them won it including Liverpool I wouldn't be surprised I'd still be surprised if Liverpool win it given their defence is abysmal. It's the second it's, worst in it's, the top half. It is of awful. The I've seen it live several times this season. It's comically bad at times, really. But at the same time, they're just so capable up front of getting the goals that they need. But yeah, wonder, they're in it, there. I wonder, can you fix that by just buying better defenders? Or is that a, a system we're not closing down, we're not pressing? we're doing it in the wrong areas? Uh, there's a number of factors. Yes, if you buy a better defender, then... Daniel Agger, then Colo Torre or Martin Skirtle, you will be improved defensively Colo, automatically. Colo Torre's case, that shouldn't be all that difficult, I wouldn't have No. Lucas is a massive loss to them and he's that provides that shield like Flamini does for Arsenal. And I think his absence is underestimated. And when there are players like Jordan Henderson, Stephen Gerrard or Joe Allen in front of the back four, they just don't provide the same cover. So there's a number of factors in there, mainly the fact that defenders aren't good enough and they're missing the guy who gave them all that protection. I wonder if uh, Jose, if Brendan Rodgers spent a little bit more time like Jose had done on his defence would all of a sudden we get this. I, I definitely think that they need better players there. I mean, Brendan Rodgers has proven himself to be a decent tactician in other areas of the picture. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine that he, ha- he can't suss out this defence. Well, Jose's but working with a spill to Ivanovic, Terry and Cahill. Like, there's no comparison between the two sets of four. Even their best players at the back for Liverpool, Glenn Johnson, for example, isn't renowned as being and playing a brilliant badly. defender. And they have had problems at left-back all season. Enrique, Sissoko, um, they'd Flanagan there at the weekend. Or Sorry, they played Johnson on the left-hand side of the weekend against Swansea. They've no real commanding player at left full-back. The more I talk about the defence, the more of a shamble it appears to be. So that's the reason they're conceding so many goals. It's three or four different factors. And that won't change between now and the end of the season. So that's why maybe you're saying unless, you'd be unless, surprised if they won the championship. But Unless Sacco comes good. You know, there, it, it is possible that a player emerges. Yeah, missed him, so they have. Who's going to be a great player over a long period of time. And this is the coming out party. You were at Anfield at the weekend. Did you get the sense, like it was 4-3 in the yeah, end? What a game. Yeah, like did you get the sense that was, like there was a penalty and an OG, which may be a little bit unfair on Liverpool, but did you get the sense that that was a systemic thing or actually just the players weren't good enough? Um, well, the, the players are not good enough. But the goals on the day, I mean, the free kick that was given against Martin Skirtle was one of the worst decisions I've seen this season in the Premier League. How the referee saw it as a free kick when every single person in the stadium would have been amazed. If anything, it was a free kick for Liverpool as John DeShelvey came in with his studs up and then he showed a yellow card to Martin Skirtle and the look of just utter disbelief on Skirtle's face. Went, what? It's a yellow card? It's not even a foul referee. And even Phil Thompson, who obviously we know is a Liverpool man. He was just couldn't believe what he was seeing. So that shouldn't have been a goal, and that's what got Swansea back into the game um, after Shelby's brilliant strike. So I don't. It maybe reflected a little badly in Liverpool, and the other penalty was just bony, clumsily been dragged down by Skirtle. But another indication of the fact that their players just are not good enough. But when you think of the teams that they have to play still this season, the intriguing thing for me from a Liverpool point of view, I'll finish up with Liverpool now. 
they could win the title or they could get the top four, which they have so obviously said that that is our ambition. At the same time, their season could unravel completely over the next six weeks. They have to go to West Ham and Southampton. They have to play Tottenham, Chelsea and Manchester City at home and they have to go to Old Trafford. If they lose seven, eight points over the course of those games, suddenly they could look over the shoulder and not even be in the top four. Everything is on the table for them this season, moving from disaster to all of their dreams coming through in the one campaign. Liverpool are at Southampton in the late game on Saturday and I kind of wonder about this one as well uh, two uh, it's probably the most exciting game of the weekend on paper anyway oh, two yeah. teams who like to go and take hold of the ball and um, like to press up further up the pitch as well how does that play how does that plan out when two teams who like to push for, uh, far nil, up the pitch all it's going to be nil all it's going to be 10-10 no? I think Liverpool are going to win and uh, there will definitely be goals both ends that's what I'm yeah the way when, when you do see teams both of which like to keep a high line look at the two central defenders and look at the strikers that they're facing. For example, if Liverpool were playing a team that played with a high line and they had Colo Torre partnering Martin Skirtle and they were up against Daniel Sturridge and Luis Suarez, it would just be utter chaos mm. because so much space is left in behind those two whose positioning are is poor and they're not don't have the pace to deal with those kind of players so if you flip it to the other side Hoyville for example at the back for Southampton just wouldn't be as quick either but Liverpool aren't facing Serge and Suarez they're facing Jay Rodriguez and Lambert so for that reason I think Liverpool actually will do very well against Southampton and I don't know if they'll concede as many goals as maybe they have in previous games 4-1 3-1 I don't know you see I'm thinking of the Liverpool team that have just gone away intermittently sporadically over the last two months and and, and not just shown up. and not shown up. Uh, West Brom, for example, Villa. Hull was another game. Yeah. Villa was another game. Fulham, in many respects, Fulham as well. They could easily have lost that Plus game. Southampton beat Liverpool. I uh, yeah. the only team to beat them this yeah. season. There's revenge in the air, mm. but. I don't know. I might go for a draw for this one because Southampton have actually turned the corner a little you bit. Just, you had me sold. Absolutely sold on <laughs> yeah. a Liverpool win. And then he completely backs away. <laughs> I don't know. You're an impressionable young man, Dave McIntyre. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually don't really know on this one. Because because of the games now, Come I'm on, now Dave, recalling on Come the road. On. Draw. I'm going for a score draw. Ger? Liverpool. Right. Uh, we didn't give any uh, predictions on Fulham-Chelsea. I think it's there are, there are almost no draws statistically. Uh, I, I I thought that the quickest way to get rich was backing draws in the Premier League. It's not. Really? There, yeah. There tends to be winners in most games, most weekends. I'm still going for a score draw. I'm not. Uh, not and Chelsea that. to beat Fulham. Chelsea to beat Fulham. Uh, needless to say, the other Chelsea one Fulham, yeah. that we want to look at: Everton against West Ham United. The big uh, news here is that Andy Carroll is back after suspension for West Ham. But they've won all three games uh, when he was suspended. So Big Sam has a big decision to make now. Stick with Carlton Cole or bring in Andy Carroll? Bring in Andy Carroll straight away. Get him in there and uh, give him 45 Ditch Carlton Cole is after scoring a couple of goals. The team have been doing well. There was four, is it four wins on the bounce? Let me, four let me wins and a draw the last five. Let me remind you how highly Sam Allardyce thinks of Carlton Cole. He released him let him have a few weeks holidays and then signed him in desperation again at the start of the season. And then I think, didn't they try and release him again? Yeah, they did, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, only Liverpool have a better record over the last six games than West Ham. They're in brilliant form at the moment. And they're going to an Everton team who, <clears throat> I know we got a lot of predictions wrong of late. I did feel six weeks ago that this was just going to happen to Everton, that they just do not have the squad and they're going to start dropping points here and there and then one bad defeat, which is the one to Chelsea, was just going to see them cut adrift. And Manchester United moved above them. Um, with their victory over Crystal Palace last weekend and I think 7th place might well be where Everton are going to finish I'd be worried if I was an Everton fan because as a neutral I've always loved watching them play under Moyes 
I think their season is just going to peter out into the usual typical sort of a situation where they end up with nothing despite having invested all of their energies into it. The big worry for them as well is that uh, Jay Galka's out, so uh, potentially Stones and Distan, uh, the centre uh, centre backs up against. You have to start Carl, so Carl and Nolan. That would seem to be a bit of a mismatch. In yeah, favor Stones of, uh, isn't even impressing at full back which is his actual position, let alone moving into central defence. That's my wild speculation that he's going to come in there. That may not actually They've got to be... stick Garth Barry. Garth Barry's going to be a brilliant centre-back for the final three years of his career. It's where he started. What? He'd be amazing. No, he won't. He would. He would. He'd be better he's than... He's so horribly Javi slow. Mascherano. How is he going to play centre-half? Javier Mascherano is slow. He'd be amazing ball Javier Mascherano never played centre-half in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, Torre was playing centre-half for uh, City what's last his... week. So? He's played it at the very highest level of football in the Champions League final. Yeah, but he doesn't have to play Andy Carroll on a cold Saturday afternoon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because it's Andy Carroll's pace that's going to beat Gareth Barry. No, but it might be other, other set of players like Medell, or not Medell, uh, Diami getting in behind him. Other West Ham players. Yes. Uh, they're not going to pick him and send it back anyway, but that's my no. bit of advice. Uh, I think West Ham are going to win this game. Dave? I'm going to go for a draw. Oh, Jesus, we're not just mentioned that. I think this could be nil. I think this could be nil nil. Statistically, you have to be wrong. No, because look, if I can't really, if I'm not feeling positive enough about either side winning the game, I have to go for a draw. I'm going to go for uh, West Ham win there. I just think on uh, the basis of a dodgy uh, Everton centre back pairing, I think that will be the way. And that'll be the end of their season. It'll be game over for West Ham for Everton. Yeah, we're 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 not realistically talking about them ending up in any of the European places, are we? Well, they Maybe could finish be. fourth, or I mean, they could finish fifth or sixth. Seventh and forty-five yeah, points. But their Champions League aspirations are gone. Five points back from Tottenham at the minute. Um, right, that's Everton West Ham. The other game on Saturday, it's a three o'clock game. Hull City up against Newcastle. Uh, it's the North latest Northeast derby. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I've got in it, lads. Um, Loic Remy uh, back for Newcastle. Obviously, one goal in two months, and they have no other strikers to speak of. Pape Sisa, it turns out, is pretty rubbish. Goufran scored seven goals all season and all of this stinks of Joe Kinnear having almost run this club completely onto the ground and what an amazing job Alan Pardew has done. Uh, Kinnear has no responsibility for that whatsoever. It's the owner and uh, his policies which have dictated what they've been able to do. Pardew... If he was uh, chocolate, he'd eat himself. Huh? Him and Big Sam would have a lash off each other, I would have thought. Uh, they'd, they'd, they'd be do. good lovers. They'd um, enjoy themselves. But he has done a great job. Yeah, he has done. done this is the, the job of his career. I still think this is going to be a score draw because Hull are doing all right, are likely to score. And like Remy changes the complete texture of what you have to do against Newcastle. It was over 450 minutes without a goal before and, he popped up. And, <laughs> and then they managed to leg it down Villa. One goal in two months. And Every, before that, he'd scored twice in the previous I think nine games something like that everybody's beating Villa these days I'm not even going to bother giving a prediction of this one because I just don't care I'm, I don't uh, care you, enough to you, give one you, look he's, that's two draws and an I don't care this like, is when I eventually get this league table up and running I'm games. abstaining this Newcastle Hull no bode, actually you know, it, well. who's at home here uh, Hull. Hull Hull are going to win this game I think they're playing well enough of late and I saw the link up play between Jelovic and Shane Long last weekend against Cardiff and it was brilliant and Jelovic has just arrived here and he's just thought, this guy's one of the best runners off the ball in the Premier League. He's one of the big workhorses in terms of centre-forwards of the Premier League. So I'm going to let him do all the work and I'm just going to pop up. But if I can finish, I'll look like the main man. That's what happened against Cardiff. Shane Long was brilliant. 
and the amount of chances he created for Jelovic who actually put the ball in the back of the net so yeah they've got Twice. two strikers in form two goals yeah they've got two strikers in form I think they'll be Newcastle he, they went in after that game and on the way in uh, Long said to Jelovic oh I'm going to get you uh, we're going to get your hat-trick next time and Jelovic turns around and goes no <clears throat> you're going to get in the score sheet the next time I think that's pretty. Oh, that's they pretty, love each other. That, but that's that's, that's what so you cute. want. That's what you want. I think that's kind of. Amazing. I don't think Yelovich is going to be the one creating it for him. He'll have to be somebody else. I don't know how well it reflects on Roberto Martinez either. If this guy turns out as we kind of suspected to be a half decent player, that really speaks to uh, a manager getting the best out of him. Sure. Yeah, maybe. But um, the he six, wasn't playing. And the six signings that Martinez he wasn't playing, made. That's it. And, yeah, but Lukaku was, and he was scoring goals, and he only ever goes with one person up front. Mar- Roberto Martinez. If if. This is a bad decision by Martinez. He still is in credit for the good decisions that he's made. Yeah. Even though we've just said two minutes ago that Everton season is about to go. Well, to they just shit. didn't have enough. They don't have enough good players. They have like 13, 14 good players. And it's just not enough if you want to be up there all season mm-hmm. scrapping for the top four places. Um, I'm going for Newcastle win. Dave couldn't care less. Jared? No, I'm going Hull. Draw. Sorry, you're going for a whole win. Draw. Right. Well, that's the uh, clean sweep there. On to Sunday. Uh, three games at half four due to the big one. Uh, earlier in the day um, Aston Villa against Norwich at Villa Park Norwich have an absolutely horrendous final four games of the season they have Liverpool at home United and Chelsea away and Arsenal at home they have seven games to stay in the Premier League no they don't because by that stage some of those teams will be in or out of something will have happened to defi- decide Arsenal won't be playing for something on the last day of the season Liverpool Chelsea likely. it's likely that Liverpool Chelsea and Arsenal if the last six or seven months or anything to go by are going to be fighting for the Premier League uh, in the last will be a tapering off Liverpool will secure fourth but not be able to win the thing and not be able to get third well Liverpool so. is the first game of that run of four so I would suggest that with four games to go Liverpool will definitely be playing for something also Norwich's record against the top teams is surprisingly good on occasion with the exception of obviously the hat-trick that they always concede to Luis Suarez <laughs> Uh, but, but it doesn't get away from the fact that they do need a buffer yeah, heading into those games. Maybe, maybe. But then and it's four points at the moment. If that's around six points before those final four games, that'll be enough. I'm going for a draw. Who are they playing? Villa. Villa. <laughs> He's really tuned in. The who are they playing? I'm commentating <laughs> in this game. <laughs> I have to say, Dave, this has been your... Uh, I'm going to be at Villa Park. You rubbished Adam Johnson a few weeks ago and I thought that was going to be the highlight Maybe I've never really, I've never really recovered from that. he was player of the month. Yeah. I've never recovered from the rubbishing of Adam Johnson. He's made me like a right fool. Norwich are going to win. That's my prediction. I'm actually free fall. going for a draw here. Swansea, Crystal Palace. Uh, Swansea and their Europa League hangover. They've actually re- reacted well. Uh, in September, they beat Palace 2-0. The Sunday after the Thursday of the Europa League that they beat Valencia 3-0. But it's probably a different story, I would suggest, for Swansea when you get Crystal out. Palace this yeah. weekend when they've been knocked out. Palace I, I covered the game last night. Swansea were brilliant. And if they played remotely like that in the Premier League, they wouldn't be in the position that they're in. And maybe they'll take some of the confidence they will have taken from Naples into this game. Because if they keep the ball like they did against the Italians, Palace won't have a chance. I'm going to go for a Swansea victory. Wilfried Boney, by the way, is my player of the last two months. I've seen him three times in the flesh now over the, in the last five weeks. He's just really becoming a brilliant centre forward. I haven't seen one of the Premier League since Drogba where they can hold it up the way he does. And all of his flicks and knockdowns are so well season, judged. He's very similar to Benteke last season, only stronger. He's He just takes one touch, bounces into the de- front of the defender, so that gives him two full metres then in which to actually pick out his pass. He's uh, He got it down to a tee. Great to watch. Presumably he's either going to suffer a career-ending injury this weekend Let's or he's hope not. going to be a good player again. The other uh, 4.30 game on Sunday, Tottenham against Cardiff. Spurs in a pretty good place. Beat Dnipro uh, last night. Fifth Flugly. in the Premier League. 
did you see Tim Sherwood on the on the sideline? He was it was it he had was, to be warned by the fourth official. Oh, was he? I didn't yeah. see that. He, look, but that energy, right? And it's kind of funny to watch him. But that energy that he brings and that excitement, that quite obvious natural excitement that Martin O'Neill, I suppose, has in probably uh, in spades as well, is I suggest a pretty good thing for Tottenham over the last uh, over the next little while. Yeah, they'll win this game. They're going well. I like Tottenham and um, big win for them last night. Cardiff just yeah. awful. They're gone. Really interesting piece with Vincent Tam, by the way, on the BBC website. If you get a chance to check it out, it says ninety percent of fans are behind him. Not really 100% sure it might be that. Uh, the Capital One Cup final. We don't really have very long here, lads. We really want to spend a long time speaking about it. Manchester City against Sunderland. Uh, it's a, an obvious win for City. A cup final against a team struggling in the Premier League. Or Sunderland having just kept themselves completely fresh after not turning up the Emirates Stadium and beating them 2-1. I was taking the piss out, by the way. Well, Wigan, obviously, is what you're referring to. Yeah. But um, not a bad game, I think. And actually better than we might anticipate. And I think... Sunderland score but it's 2-1 City win Dave yeah City victory half an hour in lads and we haven't mentioned David Moyes that's success for me Jared, Jared, that'll do guys. me cheers Adrian Bye.